sometimes I say it's almost like an abusive relationship because there can be times where it brings a lot of joy. And then there can be times where it brings a lot of guilt and shame too. And how many times have you eaten something and beat yourself up for it and then feel so bad and are like, oh, I'll get back on track or, you know, that food was calling my name and it's like I had to eat it and then you ate it and felt really guilty about it afterwards. Welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage all wrapped up into one podcast. We get it. We're all on journeys. We're all looking to do life just a little bit better. So we deliver the experts straight to your earbuds so that you will understand and become a true believer that your life is meant for more. So get ready, get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Mika, and Jules, and we're obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Obsessors, are you on a diet? Did you know the holidays are here? What are you doing? I know as foodie in general, I love food. And when the holidays come, I go bananas. I'm eating cookies. I am drinking eggnog. I am eating everything I can get my hands on. And then come December 31st, I make the New Year's resolution to stop the madness. Is this a good cycle? I'm not so sure, but I am double teamed today with two holistic health coaches, Laura Folks and our girl Tia. And we're going to have a conversation about what can we do to really get our minds wrap our minds around what we consume, or is it even about what we eat? Welcome, Laura. So happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Laura's here. And I feel like I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be taking notes. I'm surrounded by these health gurus, if you will. And I think I'm going to learn a lot. So thank you for joining us. That's the goal, right? Is to take something away that is going to be super helpful. Well, hopefully helpful. Right. And apply it in your life. Laura, what are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with quite a few things. First is my cat because (laughs) she's my little fur baby. And then I'm also obsessed with my business and really helping to transform people's relationships with food. I find it so fulfilling to have People who come to me where they start out feeling somewhat hopeless that things can change around their body, their relationship with food, weight, whatever it is that they are really challenged with. And to see the transformation that happens over the six months or however long our time is working together, it is so fulfilling to just see how much of an impact it can have on their lives, not just with food, but in other areas too. So That is one of my biggest obsessions and why I do what I do. I love that. And I can totally relate to that too, because I feel the same way. I'm obsessed with seeing how people can take one aspect, like their food, their relationship to food, and then apply it to the other areas of their life because it's all connected and we don't give ourselves that compassion that it is all connected, right? We think it's just willpower, just motivation purely on why we're eating the way we're eating. And we don't even think of the bigger picture of, where we are in life and the circumstances that really do impact our food choices. 
Totally. And the way that I like to think about it is that food is typically a symptom of something else that is happening in our lives where it's usually we're lacking some sense of emotional safety or belonging in some place that then is when we turn to food. So like you said, a lot of times people think they just need more willpower or discipline. However, there's usually something else happening and we need to figure out what that is so that the food can clear up in a sense. Yes, I can totally agree with that. So how do you help your clients get started on that journey of filling the gap of where they are today and where they'd like to be in the future and reaching those goals? So the process that I take my clients through is called Truce with Food. And we start with identifying, you know, in the health and wellness industry, a lot of times we focus on our why and why is our goal important to us? What's really important to us? What we do in this process is in the first session, we're really going through an exercise that we do where we want to look at the gap between knowing what to do and actually doing it. And what we do is get really clear on- Can I just ask you, and I don't mean to interrupt, but you know, everybody knows what to do, right? right? Like, you know, if you are 60 pounds overweight and you know that you should be eating less, exercising more. Mm -hmm. So that gap is so fascinating to me. Yeah. So what we look at is why you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, if we use a car metaphor. So you have good habits that you're already doing that are helping you work towards your goal. But then you have one foot on the brake of bad habits that are keeping you stuck from reaching your goal. And so what we look at is where is that gap? And we actually identify what's your why not. So why are you not actually working towards your goals? And like I said earlier, how our bad habits, they're often protective, which lead us to eat. So we really want to identify what those bad habits are. And then we also look at if you do the opposite behavior, what feeling comes up? So if somebody's talking about scrolling through social media at night and they're just doing that as a distraction, how is that bad habit actually protecting them? And what are they trying to avoid? And then we get into what is the story that they're telling themselves or that has kind of been developed earlier in life where they're making things about them. So if there's things that are happening throughout the day where they feel like they're failing or they have been not as productive as they want it to be. What does that all mean to them? And there's usually a story behind that. And we want to uncover that so that we can see that it's actually just a story that they have, not who they are. And that that's often the disconnect between knowing and doing. So that's what we really get into in the work is helping to figure out where that gap is. Between knowing and doing. And, you know, I always say, and you're a coach, I always say that we coach because we've been there. And we Mm -hmm. have a story. What was your story with food? Just, and I love how you talk about a truce with food because food should be the most pleasurable thing on earth. It should be something for us to enjoy. And when we don't have a good relationship with food, it becomes really the enemy. And a lot of people look at their plate of food and it causes anxiety, depression, and a lot of bad narratives that are going on in our head. Yeah, sometimes I say it's almost like an abusive relationship because there can be times where it brings a lot of joy and then there can be times where it brings a lot of guilt and shame too. And 
how many times have you eaten something and beat yourself up for it and then feel so bad and are like, oh, I'll get back on track or, you know, that food was calling my name and it's like I had to eat it and then you ate it and felt really guilty about it afterwards. And so we want to get to a place where there's more neutrality around the food and it's more of you can enjoy it and it's coming from a place of choice versus feeling like, oh, I can and can't eat something. So in the work that I do with my clients, there's no deprivation. What I find ends up happening is by going through the process, people actually, their tastes kind of change and they realize they don't love food as much as they thought they did. And so for me, and I can get into more of my relationship with food, but as I did my own work on my relationship with food and why I was sabotaging, why I was falling off track and not being consistent, even though I had lost 60 pounds and was maintaining it. The day that I craved carrots over a donut, I was like, this is really bizarre. What is happening to me? That um, actually happens. It did. It does. <laughs> yeah. And the day I came home and I like whipped up a bowl of kale and my husband's like, what are you doing? That's disgusting. And I was like, I'm just really craving some kale right now. And also I used to love Twizzlers and I hadn't had one in a couple of years. I took a bite of one and I was like, Ooh, this is not good. And I threw it out. And so my taste completely changed just from understanding more about my story and what was actually leading me to eat out of alignment with my goals. And to give you insight into my story, I was bullied a lot in middle school and high school, had no idea at the time that that probably contributed to my unaligned eating and had led to weight gain. But I struggled with my weight from the age of 12. And from going through the truce with food process myself, what I learned is that I developed a story around not wanting to be misunderstood because if I felt misunderstood, there was a risk that I could fail and be rejected and end up alone. And so when I talked earlier about like the emotional belonging and emotional sense of safety, anytime there was a risk of being misunderstood or whether it was real or perceived, and if I felt misunderstood, those would be times that I would eat out of alignment with my goals and turn to food and would end up binging on something. I would eat something sweet, then go to something salty and then back to something sweet again. And it was like this ping pong of going back and forth between the food, but it wasn't really about the food. And it could have been something as simple as getting an email from somebody with a perceived tone where I felt like I was misunderstood, that those types of triggers could build up throughout the day that would lead me to eat later in the day after dinner. I like how you put it, the misaligned with your goals, because I think that that can happen so often. We set these goals, but we're not making decisions that are aligned with meeting those goals. And that's kind of where the disconnect happens. That's where that gap is that we mentioned earlier. And we're kind of at the end of the year right now. I feel like after October 31st, Halloween, all that sugar, the candy, that's when people are like, well, then it's November and it's Thanksgiving. And then it's Christmas and there's the Christmas desserts, the big meals, everything. And people are like, okay, I'll just eat however I feel like I want to the next couple of months and I'll get back on track January 1st. I hear that all the time. I was that person for many years, so I totally get it. (laughs) How do you start navigating that? You know, kind of once that turn of the year happens, we start to see the seasons changing. Where do you go and how do you help people stay aligned with their goals and make decisions that feel good for them while still enjoying the holidays with their families? That's such a great question because 
I think that while that happens a lot around at this time of year or through the holidays, it's very much all or nothing black and white thinking that is happening at that point. And how often throughout the year does that mindset come up, but just in a different way? So people might think like, oh, in March, you know, it's spring in the U.S., And I need to get bathing suit ready for the summer. So I'm going to get on track and then the summer comes and it's like, okay, now I've been restricted for the last three months. And so I'm going to let it go and just eat whatever I want throughout the summer because we can get outside more, at least in the Midwest, can get outside more in the summer and go out with friends and do all this. So there's like that all or nothing. And that comes up often during the holidays, what we explore and one thing that we can talk about too for people to use as a kind of a tool to for the holidays so it doesn't have to be an all or nothing is how do you want the holidays to end what's really important to you because a lot of times i think we're in this all or nothing mindset of all on or i'm all off and during the holidays is good great permission to be all off and what does the holidays trigger in you as well so being around our families can be really great and really exciting. And it can also be very triggering for people because it can bring up our stories and stuff. So being able to identify what is actually being triggered in you that's leading to eating is one thing. And then with that, what's really important to you, a lot of times we are focused on the food and think that that's really what we're most excited about. But when I ask that question, a lot of times when people are going to an event or a party And we talk about how do they want it to end and what's really important to them. It's usually really about the connection and the food is more of the accessory to the event than the event itself. However, when we don't necessarily have a clear view of what we want out of something, that's when we can focus on on the food because it feels like that's going to be fulfilling and satisfying. But if we can get clear on what what you're really craving in terms of satisfaction and fulfillment from the holidays, then again, not to say that you can't have all of the pumpkin pie and, you know, have your cake and your pie and all of the sides and everything and enjoy the holidays and the food. And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing either. So how can you enjoy it, not feel deprived? And what is it that you really want out of the holidays? And I think that holiday meals, traditional meals, Really, you know, the recipes you only have once a year, you want to overindulge. And it just creates a memory that is seared into the neuroplasticity of your brain. And I find myself when I'm around my family at the holidays, I revert back to being a kid. And the holidays were magical when I was a child. But the one memory I do remember was of an uncle. It was on Thanksgiving. And as I went up for more food and I was a chubby little 12 year old, he asked me or kind of chastised me, do you really need a second helping of food? And that is seared into my mind. When you say it's seared into your mind, what does that bring up for you around the holidays? Like, are you kind of on guard then going into the holidays? Well, I think that like creating a perfect kind of scenario that everything looks perfect, tastes perfect, and sounds perfect, like my dog in the background, Violet. But I think that I've strived to fit the molds of other people's expectations. Yes. And 
I love that you mentioned that because I think when I talk to people about the holidays, they are oftentimes people say that they have high expectations for them, but they never end up following through and doesn't end up meeting their expectations. And so then they feel let down and they can experience a lot of stress and anxiety. And I think from what you just talked about, there's so much packed into the holidays is that there's a striving for perfection around that. And striving for perfection can be either how you show up, how you are around your family, maybe feeling like how you need to present yourself, even though it is your family or friends or those that are close to you. There's also, it may be out of alignment with how you really are or like what's actually really important to you, which is we can end up eating and overindulging a little bit more because there can be this discomfort or feeling so on guard and on edge about how am I going to show up? Am I going to meet the expectations of my family? And then also there's that memory too of not wanting to be imperfect or being called out or seen as imperfect, right? And so when I was talking earlier about like, what do the holidays trigger in you? There can be a lot packed into that. And I mean, that's just from our 30 seconds of (laughs) unpacking and the conversation, right? But there can be so much more in there And yeah, striving for that perfection. But again, and that's why I like to ask the question of like, what's really important to you? What, how do you want the holidays to end? Because that can give you more perspective to ground into of, is it really about the holidays being quote unquote perfect? And also what does perfect even look like when it comes to the holidays or in general? Because a lot of times we we are perfectionists, but people that I work with are type A and strive for perfection in all areas of their lives. I mean, I tried that perfect thing, but as Tia can attest, I am far from perfect. And everybody that all the obsessors that listen religiously, you know, I'm not perfect, but it is, it's such an entangling of so much more than just what's on our plate. And I just find it so fascinating because it should just be exercise more, eat less, but it's not, that's just the very tip of the iceberg. So I'd love to hear from both of my holistic health coaches here. What can we do to prepare ourselves for 2022? What is the best advice you would give me and all my obsessors? For 2022, I would say, A, getting really clear on what your goals are, but also like, what is the support that you need to help you to reach those goals? And It may be support that you can find from within even. You may not need external support. And if you have found that you start the year for the last few years, you've started them the same way and each year ends up the same way, then maybe it's time to try something a little bit different and getting really clear on like what it is that you really need or want in order to help you work towards your goals that are going to be a little bit different than in years past. So a lot of times, you know, we start the new year with a lot of hope, a lot of sense of possibility and try join a new gym, try a new diet. And a lot of people's resolutions kind of, not everybody, of course, but a lot of times I hear people saying that there's some level of restriction, but the restriction can only last for so long. And so is that the right approach or is there something else that might be helpful to explore, to see if there's a different way to approach things. And it doesn't have to just be around weight, right? It can just be around health, weight, or wellness as well. Those are my thoughts, but I'd love to hear what Tia has to say too. 
I think you hit something really important there about restriction because I think when people start to analyze their health and their eating habits, all they think of is what I can't have, what I can no longer eat. They don't start thinking about what can I have or what do I want to eat? So focusing more on crowding out the stuff that you want to get off of your plate or get out of your diet that you're currently consuming is look at what can I add to this meal and start slowly because it's when we dive into those crash diets head first, that's when we start doing those yo-yo dieting. And that's when we can get really down on ourselves too. And especially around the Thanksgiving and the holidays for me is reminding myself to continue to eat the way I normally would prior to those bigger meals coming up. Because it doesn't have to be the foregone conclusion of, I need to walk out of this house feeling miserably full and overly stuffed. That's a decision you can make prior to going into either a holiday meal or a holiday situation. You can decide, I'm going to show up for myself throughout this day, eat my normal meals, make sure I don't starve and restrict myself throughout the day because that's when I end up the binge eating at night or you know at that holiday party. And just really focus on, like Laura said, what are my goals for 2022? Not just what are my goals for that year, but what are my goals going into that year? We don't have to wait until January 1st to start making changes. It's just like any other day. We wake up and we feel this extra level of motivation. But in reality, we want to have a stable level of motivation to keep us going throughout the year and not just 100% on January 1st. And then by January 15th, we're like, well, that sucks. So I'm going to move on. I'm too restricted. I'm not eating enough food. And then our minds really, they're our worst enemy in that case. And if we can get under control what our goals are, then we can start getting more awareness of why am I choosing to eat this way? Why am I choosing a certain meal, certain food item? And then work on what do I want to make going forward? What decision do I want to make going forward to become that person that does hit those goals? And something else I wanted to add on and from what you were saying about, like, it made me think about, you know, for looking at our goals for the year and also tying this back to when we were talking about the striving for perfection is I think a lot of times when we're thinking about our goals, if we feel like we've fallen off track or haven't done work towards them perfectly, whatever that looks like, those are the times where it's like, we fall into that all or nothing mindset of like, well, screw it. I just messed up. And so what's the point? I'm just going to abandon it and move on from it. And so I would say like, maybe even breaking down, thinking about how things change in your life throughout the year, right? Like we think about if everything goes to plan, then this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I want to stick to. However, things often don't go to plan and things come up throughout the year. And from day to day, right? We have different stressors and stuff. And so I would also advise that if there's any point where you feel like you're falling off track or you're no longer working towards your goal and are starting to feel a little bit like guilty or feel bad about that or feel like you are ready to abandon it, thinking about, is this goal that I have set for myself, is this still really working for me? Is this still what I want? Is the diet that I'm doing or trying or the fitness routine that I'm doing, is this really right for me in my life right now? And so really thinking about how can we adapt and adjust and change along the way as things come up to make it work for you and your lifestyle? Because a lot of times I think 
you know, we hear about a specific way of eating that works really well for somebody. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to try that. However, sometimes we're accommodating the diet or the other person by going and following that plan. And it's not right for us, our bodies or our lifestyle. And so how can we adapt and adjust to make it our own? And if there's things from that way of eating that work really well for you, are there things that you can leverage from that and pull and make it more of your own to make it work for you and your life as well? I love that pulling just little things that are working and putting that in a pile and going with that. Because I mean, like you said, life just doesn't go according to our plan. It never will. And so being adaptable is so important to eliminate the guilt and the shame that we do sometimes feel around food and feel around goals in general. And so being able to look at each season that we're in and pick up things that are working and then remove the stuff that's not in a compassionate and loving way is so important to meeting those goals and staying on quote unquote track. Totally. And also, I mean, we've been thrown into the deep end, right? Of like uncertainty and tons of transitions and life not going to plan over the last year and a half, two years with the pandemic. And what we want to do is build our resilience for all of that. But what I find is that transitions come with a lot of uncertainty and they can feel really vulnerable and uncertainty can be a really big trigger for people to make them feel out of control around food or their bodies and lead to eating more or overindulging as well. So yeah, it can be, it can be a really triggering time when there's a lot of uncertainty that's happening, which can come up with those transitions. Right. And one thing that really came to mind too, for me was look at it as an experiment. Don't think that yes. you have to do this for life. It's an experiment that you're trying to work with right now. And that's when you can pick up things that work and leave things that don't. Yes. I love that. Cause I talk a lot about too, of let's experiment and try new behaviors and look at things as a data point instead of an endpoint as well. I love that. And life is an experiment. And that kind of takes the pressure off that, oh my gosh, this diet, this quote unquote diet has to work. And I love that. I'm surrounded by geniuses, Laura and her truce with food and Tia giving yourself grace when you are on a health and wellness journey. And we would love to hear your thoughts. We would love to hear if you do have any questions for these amazing coaches, just DM us on Instagram crown underscore compass girls don't forget to tap on the five stars and get obsessed with your life hey all i have a treat for you it is something i'm obsessed with it is a podcast called doctor versus comedian doctor versus comedian what the hey well they ask the question is laughter the best medicine so there are two co-hosts One's a doctor and one's a comedian, and they are obsessed with understanding each other's professions. They pick topics from comedy to entertainment and everything in between. And guess what? It is laugh out loud. It's super funny, super insightful. You got to take a listen. Doctor versus comedian. Find the info in our show notes and listen to it wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Get obsessed with this. Doctor versus Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja. And I'm Dr. Ali Hassan. He is not a doctor. In fact, he is a stand-up comedian. 
Way to ruin it. In our new podcast, Doctor vs. Comedian, in each episode, I'll pick a topic from comedy and entertainment. And I'll question Ali about that. And then I'll pick a topic from health and wellness and question Asif about that. For example, I might ask, is laughter the best medicine? To which I might answer, for actual COVID-19, no. For the COVID blues that 7 billion people have been feeling lately, quite possibly. I'll supply the anecdotes. And I'll supply the evidence. And our goal is to be informative and entertaining. We'll be talking about serious topics in an unserious way. Upcoming topics include comedy, COVID, clowns, cannabis, and other things that don't start with C. So please subscribe to Doctor vs. Comedian wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes releasing every Friday. Or is it dropping? What, what do people say these days? And scene.